0: It's just a sense of freedom that I feel, (laughs) you know. Ironically enough, people are like, the Middle East freedom? But yes, I'm like, the culture here is just so laid back. And and it's the people, it's the culture, it's just everything. Location, being in the middle of the world. That's another thing, too. As a travel blogger, it's been a great location. I've been able to explore more of Africa, and I can get to Europe easily, so...
1: This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Alright, so we've been talking about landing a remote job for a while now, but the one thing you're probably most curious about is how to learn the online skills you need to land these jobs. I'm not just talking about getting a brief introduction, but learning from actual accredited schools so you can be taken seriously when you apply for these jobs. You've been waiting for a while and I'm really sorry about that, but I have finally created a whole page listing the best courses to take from teaching English online to becoming a freelance writer and so much more all from trusted sources that will get you that remote job so if you're ready and serious to take the next step then visit theoffbeatlife.com learn online skills to get started again you can visit theoffbeatlife.com learn online skills to get started In today's episode, I'm really excited to speak with Nicole, who is an English language teacher, travel blogger, author, and freelance writer. She has traveled to over 40 countries and has lived in South Africa, Germany, South Korea, and she's presently in Oman. She is a zest for the expat lifestyle and has a goal of inspiring others to travel and live abroad. So listen on to find out how Nicole has been able to live a freedom lifestyle by teaching English abroad. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I am super excited to be speaking with my guest today. I'm here with Nicole. Hey Nicole, how are you?
0: I'm good, baby, thank you. How
1: about yourself? I am wonderful, especially since I'm talking to you today and you have a really interesting story. So can you tell us more about you and why you live an offbeat life?
0: Okay, well, um, as you said, my name is Nicole Brewer. I am originally from Detroit, Michigan. I'm an undergrad. I, I was a communications major, and I initially used to work in market research for a few years before um, I was actually laid off on of my job. And during that time period, I decided to consider teaching English abroad. This was back during... Recession. Like it was very, really difficult trying to find a job back in the States. So I applied for some opportunities and uh, had a job offer in South Korea. And initially I told myself I would go abroad for one year until the economy gets better. And here we are, over a decade later, and I'm still out of the US (laughs) teaching English abroad, (laughs) traveling the world, doing freelance writing, what have you. So I taught in South Korea for three years, and now I'm currently in Oman for eight years.
1: So that's me. Wow. It's so funny how life takes you on all of these little twists and turns, right? You never knew what it would do to you until you really have no option. And I think it's kind of interesting how your life might have been completely different if you didn't get laid off and you'd still be at your job, which is so interesting. You wouldn't be where you are right now. You wouldn't have seen all the places that you've seen. (laughs)
0: Exactly. I tell people all the time, I'm like, actually losing my job was one of the best things that could have happened to me because I never probably would have chosen this life path, this lifestyle, if that hadn't happened. So it was really a blessing in disguise, ironically enough. Yeah, I'm grateful.
1: So what made you decide to teach English abroad? Because there could have been a lot of things, right? You could have done a similar job that you had. You could have maybe moved to a different city state. There were so many possibilities, but what made you end up abroad and teaching English?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. Actually, um, a couple of years prior to that, uh, I had actually traveled to Japan with one of my really good girlfriends, Erica. At that time, I had three girlfriends who were teaching in Japan at the same time. So having that experience, you know, traveling to East Asia, and it was always kind of locked in the back of my mind, like, oh, that's a really cool experience to have. So, when the opportunity presented itself, and like I said, the economy was really difficult trying to find something to my liking. I was living in Chicago at the time. I was like, oh, "Why not? I'll, I'll go abroad." It was really just the randomness <laughs> that is my life <laughs> that I decided to move to South Korea. <laughs> but they did—they did help influence my decision, though. <laughs>
1: I love that. And it's great to see other people who are doing it successfully, especially if it's people in your own circle, you know, because you can take a look at other people online who are doing it. And then you're like, yeah, they can do it. But I don't know if I can. But when it's someone who's closer to you that, you know, then you're like, okay, if they're capable of doing that, then I can do it, too. You know, that's nice.
0: (laughs) Yes, absolutely agree. (laughs) And, And it really did help influence my decision. They were so helpful because I was actually considering I had an opportunity, an offer in Japan and in one in South Korea, and I was trying to decide between the two. So they actually had friends who had taught in South Korea, and I reached out and spoke with them and decided that that was the better angle, better fit for me.
1: So what was it like teaching in Korea, in South Korea? Because now we have all of these South Korean culture, pop culture coming up. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm I'm obsessed with K-drama. And I have friends who are completely obsessed with it. I have a friend who is actually learning Korean <laughs> so she can understand <laughs> the dialogue in, like, Korean dramas. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's crazy you said that because even here
0: in Oman, oh some of my students are like, "Oh, I
1: love Korea!"
0: Like they actually are really interested in Korean culture too. And I'm like, "How did that happen?" Like, but yeah, those are the times we're living in. But it was amazing. <laughs> like it's so funny because like now looking at like BTS being huge and you know Squid Games blew Netflix out the park, and I was just like, "Yeah, that's that's Korea for you!" Like it, it brought back so many memories. I had so much fun like watching Squid Games so or like reading the the, the Korean. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it, it was quite the experience, like living there and like really being immersed in like K-pop culture because, like, I'm a hip hop fan, and I was just like, oh, this is very this is like Korean hip hop. So you know, now seeing you know, it's so <laughs> popular all over the world, I was like, wow, you know, <laughs> it's amazing.
1: It's pretty incredible what's happening somebody mentioned to me i think it was one of my cousins it's like the korean pop culture is like the equivalent of the british invasion you know like it's it's so incredible all of this different art that's coming from from that small country and it's pretty incredible they're very innovative and they're so creative and i think that's why there's a huge shift with um with everything they're pretty much taking over the world which is Nice. <laughs> yeah,
0: it really is. It really is. It, it, it was comforting because it was like, oh, I you know. I, like you said, I experienced that a decade ago, and now to see it so popular all over the world,
1: I'm like, yeah, I'm not surprised actually. <laughs> so it's like everyone is just catching up. <laughs> yeah, <that> part, exactly. <laughs> so let's talk about your shift from. Taking your entire life and moving to a whole new country, a culture that I'm pretty sure, well, I don't know, I'm not pretty sure, but that you're probably not familiar with, right? And changing all of that and shifting everything and preparing for it. Did you do anything to prepare yourself for this pretty incredible change in your life? Mm. Well, yeah,
0: definitely. You know, I'm grateful for, like I said, I had some girlfriends who had that experience. So I had them as a, a shoulder and a ear to ask questions about. Getting ready to move abroad, but also I really use social media to my advantage as well. Different travel communities and groups, you know, like being an African American woman, like there's a group on uh, Facebook, brothers and sisters in South Korea, and I had found them and I was asking questions. Mm. Where does it? What about hair care and you know different things that you know I thought (laughs) that's important, right? Like where does everyone go to the salon? Like so you know just having like social media, having that community of people who are already there was very helpful. So um, but, yeah, you know, I didn't have the easiest transition because, like I said, since I was in the middle of uh, trying to find a job, I was unemployed. So I I didn't I wasn't necessarily prepared to uproot my life in that moment. I used to have a condo in Chicago. So when I left, you know, it was a whole process of trying to find someone to rent my place and, you know, coming back a year later and selling items. So definitely. Looking back on it, if I had the time, I would have planned my transition better, but it all worked out. So,
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and this is the thing, right? There are certain people that make this decision and they quit their job. They leave and they had time to plan for it, maybe even a few months or years, right, to have savings and all of this stuff. But when you're laid off or you're fired from a job, it wasn't really your choice. You're not given that choice. So it's a completely different ballgame. And I think that in some way, too, and we mentioned this in the beginning, the universe kind of takes over sometimes, and it leads you to where you need to be. And it gives you all of these different obstacles. And especially right now with what's happening in the world, there's just so many obstacles. And I think that um, a person's character, you can really see with how they handle certain things, right? And you either go with it, and you make different choices, and you find something new, or you kind of just become depressed and that takes over your entire life. So it's it's really incredible to see somebody like you, Nicole, who was, you know, forced into this situation. And now you have this whole incredible lifestyle for yourself, you know, before the pandemic, like you mentioned before interview, you traveled so much. And then you're living in this country that's so much more relaxed for you. So how does it feel like... Did you ever think you would be in this situation, like this life that you have? Like, was this even in your realm of reality? <laughs> yeah, no,
0: it was not. It's funny you say that because I think about it all the time. Like, you know, I I was always intrigued with travel and and going to other countries. You know, in the future, even even as a, a preteen, I remember. My first time going across country by myself to visit my sister. She was living in California and I'm from Detroit. So I was always just like, oh, this, this is interesting. You know, I, I, I was interested in travel, but I never thought in a million years that I would be living on the other side of the globe for my family for the extended period of time that I have been. But Like I said, it's really been a blessing in disguise. And, you know, one, one thing I do say about being an expat and living in a different culture and different country, you do really need to have that that mentality of just um, going with the flow. You know, this is this lifestyle mm-hmm. isn't for everyone. And and I know, like, I realized just how relaxed I could be living, especially now being in the Middle East, just like the inshallah, the culture here is very low-key and laid back. And, you know, before, you know, being a big city girl from Detroit, living in Chicago, I never thought I would live in a small town in the Middle East, like where I am now. So,
1: yeah, it's a little thunk it. That's so funny. And speaking of that, right, when most people hear the Middle East, there's a lot of fear that goes into it because obviously what we see in media, what's going on there in certain parts of it. And it's so funny that you mentioned this, Nicole, because several years ago, I I forget what year, I think it was like 2012. And they had like the revolution in Egypt. And my my, uh, my husband and I were there at that time in Egypt, like just after this all happened. And we were literally sitting down on the train. I think we were in Cairo. I forgot where we were. And it was a US media and they were saying how horrible it was and this and that. And we were literally sitting where they said it was really bad. And we looked at each other. We were like, what are they talking about? We're literally here, like where they're saying all of this stuff is happening and it's so quiet and everyone is so nice. And like, we've never met so many people who are so welcoming, welcomed us into their home. Like this is not how it is. So I know we talked a little bit about your experience in the Middle East and how it's completely different from your, you know perspective before <laughs> you came there. So what is it like? Cause you've been there for eight years. You've been in the Middle East for eight years. So tell us the reality of it. And obviously I'm not saying there's not dangerous parts of it, but from your perspective, what is it like?
0: Yeah, you know that that's a very good question. Like you said on the outside looking in before coming, you know, you know, many people said things that make you so fearful of the region. But you know, I'm really grateful because I'm I'm Located in Oman, which a lot of people think it's like in the UAE, oh, they, they said Oman is near Dubai. I'm like, well, technically it is near Dubai, but Oman is like the little brother of the UAE. We're, we're right next door to the Emirates, <laughs> and um, that's what, how I like to <laughs> describe it. In Oman, you know, here it's so peaceful, like Omanis are the most sweetest, humblest like people that i probably ever met in life, very helpful. You know, I I I feel very safe. It's not and that's not just a feeling, I am very safe here. Like you don't mm-hmm. hear news of like any um big big tragedies or things that I'm used to, you know, being from Detroit, you know, mm-hmm. being from the States. Like it's it's total like night and day mirror experience being here. It's very safe. Um beautiful country and just Omanis are humble and very helpful. And I'm just grateful. Like it's a very Peaceful place to be, and it's the total opposite of what people think when they hear the Middle East. So,
1: yeah, and and that's the thing, right? The Middle East is very vast, and there's different countries, there's different cultures, and it's not just where the war areas are. There's a lot more to it than um, what we see on on media, and that's that's the thing is that usually when you look at the news and media, it's always about the bad stuff. And it's very rare for them to highlight things that are actually really good, um, even in places that are devastated. So it's so nice to hear someone like you, Nicole, and to, to hear this from you saying, I feel safe and I live in the Middle East. Um, so that's nice. I, I love hearing that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah I'm grateful that I'm able to share it with the people people that's, that's one of the things I love about being like a travel blogger and freelance writer I mean right now oh mine, I feel like it's it's a hot period like I I've had a couple of different commission articles recently um and you know I've, I've been on different you know had had different people reach out to me BBC travel and, and through the years since living here it's, it's been a, a great time to be here as a blogger but right now I do feel like it's becoming on more people's radar. So I'm grateful to be here during this time. I'm like, oh yeah, a little ambassador to the States living in (laughs) Oman, Being able to educate people about this region. That's how I feel.
1: Yeah, because you've literally been living there for almost a decade. And honestly, I think it's a a country that most people probably would not have heard of and it's really nice to have it in your perspective as a black female traveling in that area, you know, and it's it's a different perspective that I think a lot of people are interested in and there's a lot of women like you who want to do the same thing but they want to feel assured and comfortable first, so seeing you, you're kind of like the pioneer, so it's nice.
0: (laughs) Thank you you <laughs> no but that really is like it has been one of my goals like being a, a travel blogger and a writer in this region like I, I'm just grateful that you know I am able to share my story like you said my story my perspective is unique and and I'm just grateful that people actually want to hear it so
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> it's, it's a good life <laughs>
1: love that That is amazing. So for you, what do you think has been some of the biggest obstacles that you have encountered so far throughout this whole process?
0: That's a really good question. I think for me, like I'm a very like laid back, go with the flow type of person. So when I think about my my years almost my my decade of being abroad, I I realized I remember so many good experiences that that I always struggle with that question because I'm like, it's been relatively easy, but I, I can't deny that like being abroad away from my family for, especially now that in the height of the pandemic, you know, like last summer, I wasn't able to go to USA to see my family. And that was the first time in a decade that I never was, I wasn't able to go back to the States. You know, and, and it, you know, you don't realize how, like, devastating it is as a traveler as well. Like, I had to stay at Oman during the summer for two months. And I'm just like, never done that before. <laughs> so it, it was <laughs> not without the struggles, you know, like not being able to see my family. And, you know, after two years, I, I made it home this summer, alhamdulillah. Like, I was able to see my uh, my nephews. And you don't realize, like, how much how fast time time keeps going, right? So for me not to be able to see my family in almost two years, um that that was a one of the most difficult times, you know, being here during the pandemic and, and like if I had left the Oma if I had left Oman to go to the States, yeah, the borders had were open, but the airport closed, like I would not have been able to get back into Oman. I'm like, this is my livelihood. Like I, I couldn't take that chance to go to the States last summer and then be locked out from my home over the past eight years. So yeah, that that was a struggle.
1: Yeah, and and also it's it's true and it's so funny that you you talk about that like seeing your nieces and nephews and I see them too like I have nieces and nephews that I'm very close with and it's so funny that's how you know you're aging like I don't feel like my body like my mind doesn't feel like it but then when I see like the kids and how like how faster growing it's so intense and it's kind of, it's it's scary to know that you miss out on this those huge parts of their lives and it's it's a sad thing that we have to to deal with all of that and also like you know loneliness right and Not being able to see, like you mentioned, all the people that you love and it's just different. So that's definitely, I think, a big obstacle that a lot of nomadic people or people who move move abroad like expats have been have been dealing with um, even before the pandemic. Right. Because loneliness is something that we all go through, especially when you're in a different country, even though you have friends, it's it's not the same when you're you're with family.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, that you hit the nail on the head. I definitely, I, that's why I said, I was like, this life isn't for everyone. It's not particularly easy. You definitely have to be, you know, a very self sufficient, independent person, but you get lonely. Like you said, that's just life. That's that's going to, but I think about that even when I used to live in Chicago, being away from my family, like it was a shorter plane ride, but I was still in a different state from my family. They had, they had relocated to Atlanta. And I went through those bouts then, but it was, you know, a quicker flight to get get down to the South to see my family yeah. as opposed to being on the other <laughs> side of the globe. It's not particularly easy just to hop on a flight. <laughs> so, yeah, it, it's, it's different. It's definitely different.
1: It's, it's so crazy. I just it's so interesting how the world has completely changed and kind of flipped everything upside down. And so... Yeah, it's, it's so interesting where all of this, like where life takes you. So what do you think has been the biggest thing that has pushed you to keep going with this lifestyle? Because you'd mentioned it's not for everybody. How come... It worked for you. What do you think allowed you to really continue with this type of lifestyle, even with all the obstacles that maybe you face during your travels, loneliness, not being around the people that are your family? Yeah, that's an excellent question.
0: Yeah, I think one of the the main, you know, because I, like I tell people my description when I describe myself, I'll say I'm an English teacher by day and a travel blogger and freelance writer by night. And I think me having this balance of like, you know, being able to go to Dubai for the weekend and do a hotel review stay. Like, honestly, the blog ha- has been a big reason that I've been able to feel comfortable and sustain this expat lifestyle as long as I have. I think if I was only just teaching full time by itself, I don't know if I would have stayed <laughs> as long as I have, but having this outlet and this passion for travel and writing, that's definitely like been a motivating factor for me to stay out of the country, stay abroad as long as I have, yeah.
1: Yeah. And I love that you have all of these different things that you're doing. And I think that keeps you going is that you are able to have that creativity, right? There has to be passion along with other things, too, that really keeps you on your toes uh, in in many ways. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely that.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think a, a lot of my friends who are expats and who have been doing it for a long time, they are similar to me. Some people are podcasters, bloggers, bloggers. And um, or even going to school getting a master's degree, like I feel like a lot of people are doing multiple things in order, you know, to find their passion and to to keep going at this lifestyle. I, I realize that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So since you are in Oman, you've been there for eight years, almost a decade, which is incredible. What keeps you there? Like, what makes this place so special that you have stayed so long? Yeah, that's a good question. Um,
0: honestly, I like I was saying before, I I never expected to to live in the Middle East, and especially a small country oh well, I didn't even know where it was on a map before I looked it up. You know, um, <laughs> to stay here. No, truthfully, uh, to stay here as long as I have, but you know, it's just drawing me in. It's something special about the culture here, the people. You know. I made a friend recently who who works for the U.S. Embassy and she said the same thing. She said, like, I couldn't wait to get here. Like one of my friends, he was looking up places like he wants to retire here and stay forever. You know, and it just like, it just sucks you in because like the culture and the people and it's just so relaxing. And as a traveler, you have a little bit of everything. You have mountains, you have, you know, the the ocean, you have so many different avenues to just enjoy life. Like I think you know, that's one thing they they, they got it right here. Like you work hard, you play hard, but here it's just, it's just a sense of freedom that I feel, <laughs> you know, ironically enough people like the Middle East freedom, but yes, yeah, so I'm like the culture here is just so laid back it, and it's the people, it's the culture, it's just every location being in the middle of the world. That's another thing too. As a travel blogger, it's been a great location. I've been able to explore more of Africa and I can get to Europe easily. So the location actually plays a part too with me being a, a traveler so
1: i love that so listeners oman it's it's the next big thing and you know you have nicole here to show you the way so make sure you check her out because she has a lot of information there but i love that and you know i also love that you mentioned freedom and i think for people who do tend to stick to this lifestyle or the people who have left their nine to five, their desk job, the one thing that I've seen that everyone has in common is that word, is freedom. Freedom to do what you love, freedom to do the things that you wanna do that you weren't able to do before. So that is pretty incredible that you feel that way in this country that you're staying in. And that's why Nicole has been there for almost a decade now. So now it's understandable why. (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) absolutely.
1: (laughs) So, Nicole, let's look forward to about 30 to 40 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for?
0: Oh, that's an excellent question. 30 to 40 40 years. As we still be here, Um, I would definitely like to leave a legacy of inspiring other people, especially other people like me, you know, Little black girls, you know, I, 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 it's, it's, I would love to look back and like feel that I have inspired people to consider the expat lifestyle, to, you know, teach English abroad, to just open their horizons, you know, definitely be aware of opportunities that are presented to you, you know, looking back on it, like I said, I never in a million, million years I thought I would be living abroad for over a decade, and, you know, I, I think when people Will look at my my story and be like, "Wow, you know, she really did that." And I really want to just really be an inspiration to, to future generations to consider being an expat, traveling the world, you know, going out of alone. You know, it, it's okay. I I want to just be an inspiration at the end of the day.
1: I love that, and I think that's what really inspires a lot of people is you actually taking the action going forward with it even through the fears and uncertainty that you had. So which is super inspiring, Nicole, because like I mentioned before, it either makes you or breaks you and for you to take something that was negative and turn it into this incredible opportunity for yourself is really inspiring. And that really makes you someone to to look up to for sure. So I love that. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's amazing. So now, Nicole, if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you?
0: Oh, well, actually, you know, I have the travel blog. It's called I Love to Globe Trot, And it's a unique spelling. It's I-L-U-V and then the number two in Globetrot.com. So on the blog, you know, I write about my experiences living in the Middle East and traveling throughout the region. Um, and then I also you can follow me on the same with the same name on Facebook and Twitter and IG. And I also have a travel community by the same name on Facebook. We have over 10,000 members there. So, you know, we share sometimes travel deals. I share about my experience being in Oman. And there's a lot of expats in the community, too. So we, we ping off each other different ideas and opportunities in there. So,
1: yeah, that's where they can find me. Love it. And I love that it's super easy to find you. The same name everywhere makes it super easy for us to make sure you check that site out. We're also going to be adding that into our show notes um, just to make it a little easier for yourself. Well, thank you so much, Nicole, for being here with us. We really appreciate you. You inspire us to definitely go off to more off the beaten path that we may places we may not even heard of. And look what happens. (laughs) There you go, right? From it? from from like Chicago to Oman. Who knew, right? <laughs> life, the life definitely takes you in unexpected places, and sometimes it's in the middle of you know this beautiful country that you may not even have heard of before you got there. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, that go figure. <laughs> Love it. Thank you again, Nicole. We really appreciate you. Thank you so much. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed this interview with Nicole. Make sure to visit TheOffBeatLife.com. Again, that's TheOffBeatLife.com to get the extended interview where she shares how to get started teaching English as a second language Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss and so much more. Feel free to reach out at at helloattheoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey and I can't wait to hear how your location independent story will unfold.